It is a tale of two cities of anticipation. On one hand, of course, we are excited because the Stanley Cup playoffs, aka, as I like to say, the North American Ice Hockey League Championships, get underway for the Winnipeg Jets tonight in Las Vegas. On the other hand, we are waiting and wondering what is going to happen with this Colorado Lowell that has prompted a winter storm watch for much of southwestern Manitoba. The working from home situation continues to evolve, with a lot of people saying, if you make me come back to work, I'm not coming back at all. And more on the hockey front, we check in with a Golden Knights super fan, and Las Vegas is known for a lot of things, including buffets. So, we talked a lot about buffets. I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb. We are Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, and this is the Tuesday, April 18th podcast, for the start. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb on one hand, not particularly excited about the weather. On the other hand, the Winnipeg Jets begin their quest for the cup tonight. <laughs> Can't we see the, uh, what's the word, serendipity in this? You know, we said a storm was coming. That's literally on the Winnipeg Jets account. Mm. They did it to us. <laughs> So, accept it with the, make it the natural whiteout that we always brag about this time of year. Isn't that part of the marketing? Is, a storm I, I, is coming, A storm right? is coming, yes. yes. I, I mean, I almost booed Brett about 45 seconds ago. I did boo Brett. In fact, I left my headphones off. Like, if you don't hear it, is it really happening? <laughs> that philosophy, I know what's coming, and what's coming is, is probably not a lot of fun for a lot of folks, but... The Winnipeg Jets do start uh, their quest, as you said, for the Stanley Cup. Let's just win one game first. I- I'm a one-day-at-a-time sort of guy when it comes to these things, so let's see how the Jets perform tonight. I'm excited to see how they react, how they activate tonight, because this team's been under the microscope for several weeks. They've played much better the last two weeks heading into the playoffs, and Everywhere you look, people are saying this is more or less a coin flip. You don't anticipate that between the number one and number eight seed, but that's really where we're at with these two teams. So I, I don't know how I'm going to manage my sleep over the next several days. But uh, <laughs> I don't know how we're going to manage you on less sleep over the next few days, Brett. <laughs> also, managing has to happen there. Well, yes, you do have to deal with me. <laughs> and then depending on the outcome of the games, there's that wild card as well. He was so. in a good mood this morning because of a different game. Oh, yeah? I rolled over this morning and I checked the scores from the NHL games last night. And I and I knew the two uh, early games had uh, gone uh, Carolina one, Boston one, and then uh, Minnesota won in overtime, and then I saw that LA came back against Edmonton, and I know I shouldn't take pleasure in the in the lack of success of another team, but uh, anytime the Edmonton Oilers lose, that's a, that's a good thing. So they lost in overtime to LA at home, and uh, I, for one, uh, believe that LA can really give the Oilers, who are playing lights out right now, I think the the, the Kings can really give the Oilers a run for their money here. So. The Kings drop one nothing in that series. All right. So the Jets, we've got the keys to the game coming up just after 8-10 and then at 9-35. We're talking to a Golden Knights super fan? CC Ventura. She came up to Winnipeg. Her and her husband came up to Winnipeg back in 2018. I think it was for all three Jets games here in Winnipeg. And I made a connection with her through another friend of mine and had her on the air 
five years ago, going back five years ago, I think a couple of different times through that series. She's full of energy. She's a night super fan. Obviously, you're traveling from Las Vegas to Winnipeg to to see hockey at any time of the year. I know it was the Western Conference final, heightened importance and all, uh, but she had a great time here in Winnipeg. And so we'll connect with her, see how she's feeling about the this series. And, and why has hockey just become such a runaway success in Vegas? There were lots of people who said, Vegas isn't a hockey town. It's never going to work there. I was just looking at the Twitter account of one of its uh, Vegas Sun reporters yesterday. He covers the Golden Knights and his top tweet still to this day, five years after the team or six years, five years after the team came is, um, and they said hockey wouldn't work here. And it shows a video of Vegas Golden Knights in their first ever playoff game from 2018. 2018. Yeah. Their first season, 2017-2018. Yeah. So when we took them on, that was a big deal for them. And here they are all five years later doing just fine and doing some neat things at their games too. I will say you might not like it if you're like a wholesome, I like this just hockey to be the way it's always been for a hundred years. You you don't like it, but I like people flying down from the ceiling and wearing different things. Oh, it's wild. Explosions and fireworks. And I don't know what they got going on and how, what that building's coded for insurance wise. They they have this night that comes. (laughs) comes out at the beginning of the day at at the beginning of the game and and slays a virtual dragon and in the case of the jets they project an actual airplane onto the ice and he takes his mighty sword and takes down the winnipeg jet figuratively and almost literally and then there's this giant rock at center ice and he and he digs a sword, and it's absolutely electric. It's like a giant nightclub. Exactly how you would imagine hockey in Vegas, that's how they do it. Now we're saying too many nice things about Vegas. It's also where your soul goes to die. So let's just move on from saying nice things about Las Vegas and just good things about the Jets. I I'm down it. for that. Yeah. Well, at 645, we're actually going to talk about another aspect of Las Vegas that we like, and it's probably going to make you hungry. So stand by for those details because, and you want to make sure you tune in for that because we have up for grabs tickets for the Winnipeg Whiteout Street Party for this Saturday's game. So today and tomorrow, we're giving away Whiteout tickets for this Saturday's game and then Thursday, Friday, tickets for the uh, 24th Whiteout Party. So again, Whiteout Party tickets today, tomorrow, Thursday, Friday, on the start. Hot ticket. Those sold out in minutes yesterday. So this is your only spot to get them. And is it two tickets or is it a family four-pack? That's right. It's a family four-pack. Thank you very much. And so we're doing it on the start, on Connecting Winnipeg with Hal Anderson, on the Jim Toth Show, and the news with Rich and Julie. Family four-packs for the White Out Street Parties for Saturday's game and then Monday's game against the Vegas Golden Knights. And yeah, very excited for that. Very excited to talk about buffets. That's all we'll say. (laughs) I got a text message at 1148 last night from friends of mine who are down in Vegas for a conference. And it goes something like, uh, uh, we saw four jets at the hotel on our way to dinner. All these exclamation marks. I turned and yelled, hey, it's the jets. Then proceeded to yell, go jets, go see you tomorrow. And they're now they're stalking the Jets, trying to find uh, players. <laughs> they're all regretful that they didn't go and get pictures with the players and such. So uh, uh, I'll be getting updates throughout the morning from my friend Marion in Vegas. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And if you're on, if you're down there, you know anybody that's down there? Can you connect us, Jets fans in Vegas? Two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight. We want to connect with them. Yeah. Maybe if they're down there, they're still awake.
Right now, you never go to sleep. You can't if you sleep do it though, right because of that the way they pump that oxygen through those hotels. I don't know if that's a myth. It's not a myth. No, no, no clocks. Either. You can't sleep. It's like you're just permanently on Red Bull. Well, and another substance if you're so inclined. <laughs> It's Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. As we just heard from Greg, another Colorado low. We thought we were done with this nonsense, this chicanery, this tomfoolery. Rose Carlton is a meteorologist at Environment Canada and joins us now to give us the details on... Here's another one, Poppycock. Hi, Rose. (laughs) Hello. So, what the heck? I know, I'm sorry. Okay, so yesterday was funny. I, I, I saw that uh, the special weather statement, I got a notification, the special weather statement had ended, and I thought, oh, great. I went to the weather map, the, the warning map, nothing. And then 30 seconds later, winter storm watch. So what's, what is coming? So we do have a, a Colorado low that's uh, going to be moving into the, uh, the upper uh, um, Great Plains of the U.S. that's going to bring a uh, pretty large area of precipitation, uh, again, to uh, southern Saskatchewan and Manitoba, uh, this time, uh, unlike the uh, the last one, this one's going to be a little bit uh, uh, farther west. Uh, it's going to be, we're not expecting the city of Winnipeg to uh, receive any uh, warnings. Um, there are still a lot of uncertainties with this system, uh, so that could change at this point in time. Uh, like, they're not in the watch, and we're not expecting uh, uh, to be issuing a bulletin, but uh um, we are monitoring this system uh, uh, very closely as it develops. Um, with uh, these kind of late-season uh, uh, snowstorms, uh, there's a lot of uncertainty involved with, like, snowfall amounts and, and the like because of uh, the different uh, uh, environmental conditions that uh, provide difficulties to forecasting these sorts of things, like the air is much warmer, um, there's not a snowpack on the ground making uh, uh, things colder, that, that sort of thing. So when you look at the map that's out there right now, just for this watch, it goes from Regina all the way right up to the edge of Winnipeg and 75, but it's almost like it's carved around the perimeter. So are we certain Winnipeg won't get any precipitation or that's just what we're thinking right now? No, we're expecting Winnipeg to get snow. We're not expecting Winnipeg to get warning levels. Got it. So how much snow for Winnipeg, first of all, and and then we'll look at how the harder hit areas. So Winnipeg will see what? Uh, right now in the forecast, we have five centimeters for Winnipeg for tomorrow. Um, and then uh, uh, we don't have any uh, accumulations in the forecast uh, after uh, tomorrow because our, our forecast only goes out, our, our accumulation forecast only goes out um, to uh, tomorrow evening. Um, but uh, I expect there to still continue to be accumulating snow after tomorrow evening. Sorry, just for the rest of the, the region that's in the watch, we'll see how much snow potentially. Uh, there's uh, We have a range in the forecast uh, for areas farther west. Uh, they can receive uh, anywhere from 10 to 25 centimeters of snow, especially uh, over areas that are uh, uh, in the, kind of the riding mountain areas that are in that kind of higher terrain. Um, they We expect them to receive a little bit more. Rose, very quickly before we let you go here, lots of concerns potentially about flooding. If we say you got 20 centimeters of snow, how much rain does that that equate to? So it depends on the, the actual nature of the, the snow itself. If it's like the light, fluffy snow, that's not as much liquid in that snow. Uh, but if you're looking at kind of the heavier, wet snow, which is the case for this system, um, there's more water in that. Um, so in uh, in this scenario, uh, we have we can expect anywhere up to uh, 30 millimeters of snow, or sorry, uh, rain for uh, um, 
or liquid equivalent, I'm sorry. No, perfect. Uh, for uh, for uh, these regions. Excellent. Rose Carlton, meteorologist at Environment Canada. Thank you very much for joining us. We appreciate this. All right, have a good one. Thousands of people, thousands of people have weighed in on a tweet from Toronto Blue Jays pitcher Anthony Bass. And um, a lot of it is not in his favor. So on Sunday, Bass expressed outrage at United Airlines after he claimed the flight staff made his pregnant wife get on her, quote, hands and knees, end quote, to clean up a mess made by their children during during their journey on a flight. The flight attendant at United just made my 22-week pregnant wife traveling with a five-year-old and a two-year-old get on her hands and knees to pick up the popcorn mess left by my youngest daughter, wrote Bass. Are you kidding me? So that tweet's now been seen last check 50 million times. Tens of thousands of people have weighed in. There are some who are supportive or suggesting you know, the airline and this family didn't handle things well. But there's a lot of other people like at Puentic22 writing, genuinely curious who should clean up the mess your two-year-old made. As a parent of three kids, I'm the one responsible for them. To which Bass replied, I expect the cleaning crew they hired to clean up after them. And that prompted another person on Twitter to write, Hey, United, I'm about to board one of your flights, and I sure hope you've given this flight attendant a raise and a day off. They've earned it, and you've got a ton of people watching to see if you'll do the right thing or reward the wrong behavior of a rich, entitled white guy. So I'd love to get both of your reaction. But first of all, he wasn't on the plane because there were some people weighing in saying, well, why didn't you clean up? Like, why are you letting him take a picture? Taking a picture? He wasn't on the plane, no. but presumably he heard about it from his wife. And either she was miffed or he was miffed on her behalf or he's just miffed, period. Second of all, 22 weeks pregnant. The flight attendant, I don't even know if you would know. It's her third kid, so she might be showing a bit more. But you wouldn't know unless you said, I don't think. You wouldn't, You certainly wouldn't presume someone's pregnant. And even at 22 weeks pregnant, there's a lot you can do unless there's something I'm unaware of going on with this pregnancy. You're not, it doesn't stop you from bending over. You, there's no mobility issues. So whether You're traveling she's, with two kids. Whether she's pregnant or not doesn't matter. She's probably carrying them both. There's, she's doing a lot. Fourthly, get your kids to pick up if you're struggling to do it. And finally, clean up after yourself, man. Like the, I, I understand that there might be things that you can't do at certain points in your life, but the idea that the mess is someone else's problem irks me to no end. I go out of my way in a restaurant to clean up after my kids, uh, especially when they were little, right? Because they're just dropping things and it's a mess and you'd feel terrible. So not only would you tip more, you, I would be physically wiping down the table. So here's the thing in my mind, and I had a lot of experience on the other end of it. I've worked a carpet sweeper quite a bit That's a back in my I day. I heard that one. Have oh, you heard that one? A hokey. Carpet swipe sweeper? Carpet sweeper, or in the uh, industry, we used to call it a hokey. That was the brand that made the best carpet sweepers. Inevitably, when parents would do the right thing and get down and start cleaning up after their kids, the reaction by most staff would be, no, yes. no, no, no. I've got this. But when the expectation is that my kid is throwing stuff all over the place, you shall pick it up and clean it up for me. That's when we're going to have a problem. And I think it's all in the approach. Be a decent human being. Your kids are essentially littering. It's no different than them throwing their cookie wrapper on the floor, as far as I'm concerned. Yes, I understand popcorn can be messy, and you drop some. I always drop some when I'm eating, but I have a dog to clean up after me. Do you clean it up at the movie theater if you drop popcorn on the ground? 
I, I take all my stuff, all my garbage like it, out. Because popcorn is one of those things that inevitably falls on the ground. And I don't know if I've ever stopped to check to see if I had six last kernels time I on checked, the ground. Last time I checked, airline companies don't sell popcorn. So you've brought the popcorn yourself. Clean up after yourself. And if you do so, guess what? Most of the time, somebody on the staff, Brett, will come over to you and go, oh, geez, let me get that for you. I, I, I guarantee nine times out of ten that's going to happen. To the, the movie theater thing, though, just to, to, to play devil's advocate here, like when you go to a movie, uh, you r- rarely will you see more disgusting behavior than in a movie theater in terms of the way that people leave their crap everywhere and just slob all over the place. Uh, and I'm not saying that should be okay, but for whatever reason, that that's mm-hmm. one of those things where it's like, it's acceptable. It seems to be acceptable to make as big of a mess as you want and then someone else will clean it up. So in this particular case, why why wouldn't the the airline passenger expect that the staff will clean up any particular mess that's left behind? Like, it, like just looking at the picture, it doesn't look like an entire bag of popcorn was on the ground. It looked like, you know, a handful, like they dropped a handful of popcorn. I'm, I just feel like there has to be more. There might have been some behavior along the way or some sort of exchange or something like that. I, I think the whole idea, though, that, that, that he threw out that she's got two kids and she's 22 weeks pregnant, he's put her into this corner of saying you're not capable of doing it which is ridiculous and to the to the point about people being extremely messy you're right they're like they're, there's a lot of adults who will leave a restaurant or a movie theater without having picked up hockey anything games after football themselves. games they leave the empty cup there the empty fair. tim horton's cup what have you I, I think greg makes a good point about the popcorns being sold at the theater so if i drop some of that on the ground they'd have a reasonable expectation that they'd have to vacuum some popcorn up off the ground. The people leaving bags and napkins, and that happens all the time at the theater, and that's gross. Like, you can't just carry that bag out and throw it in the garbage. Yeah. I've been on uh, dates before where the person I'm with would leave their stuff, and then I'm then you're sort of in a position like, do I just leave it, or do I pick it up? And then, even though I'm not saying anything, you're, the action implies that I'm casting a judgment on this person. I usually pick it up. <laughs> Because <laughs> I can't. I just can't. I can't leave it behind. That should maybe be your litmus test for whether or not you should continue on to a second date. Oh, I think there's oh. a lot of litmus tests, and that would be one for me, too. Absolutely. Like, how do you interact with the host at a restaurant? How do you interact with the serving staff? I'm constantly judging you on that, what type of person you are. 100%. Well, 204-780-6868, what do you think of this? Who should have cleaned it up? What about this notion that because she's pregnant, 22 weeks pregnant, that she shouldn't be responsible for doing this? Has he pigeonholed her? And yet you're right, Lauren. Like I, 22 weeks, what's that in it's months? Like, your second trimester. You're, like you might not, at, at your third pregnancy, you're going to be showing, I'm mean, going to guess, just because your body adjusts along the way. But at 22 weeks pregnant, first time around, nobody would even have known had I not said it. And it doesn't pre- didn't prevent me from doing certain things. It might, though. Like I'm not saying there what there might not be issues for her. It's all everyone's pregnancies different. But Alan texted just now to say they're part of a service industry and they're struggling and having hard times. This is poor customer service on the airline part. I don't think these were ninety nine dollar flare airline tickets. Suck it up, flight attendant, and have some compassion for a mom with young kids. It's Mackling McGarry and McNabb. We're going to tell you how you can win stuff. First of all, just got to give you a heads up on this at cjob.com. It's the CJOB playoff party where you can enter online for your chance to win catering for your next playoff viewing party. 
for you and up to 25 guests. It includes $500 in food from European Meats and Sausage Co. and beverages for your entire party from Torque Brewing. So that winner is going to be announced on Monday, April 24th. And in the meantime, if you want to win a family four-pack of tickets for the Winnipeg Whiteout Street Party for this Saturday's game... Pretty simple what we're talking about today. Las Vegas, where the Jets are playing. It's the home of countless wonderful buffets. It's funny how we came up with the topic today. We were like, what can we do that's tied into Vegas? Casino <laughs> games and hotels. Yeah, no. And Lorenz says, want to talk about buffets? And it was like, ding, 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 ding. So tell us a story about a buffet. does not have to be from Vegas. 204-780-6868. We'll pick a winner at 915. Derek Taylor. In for Cameron Poitras on sports. Let's start with you, sir. I don't know why, but shortly after I moved to Winnipeg, I got this fetish to go to the Royal Fork Buffet. (laughs) I wanted to go so bad. And my wife is always resistant. She's not a big fan of buffets. Now in COVID time, she'll never go again. For my 40th birthday, my friend surprised me with a trip to the Royal Fork Buffet. (laughs) And I have one buddy. JP, who the greatest guy ever, he is very germ conscious. Right. He is very he before sanitizer was a thing. He would sanitize all the time. He came to the party. He went. He paid to go to the Royal Fork Buffet and he sat there, didn't touch a lick of food, (laughs) sat there with his legs crossed, bunched up as much as he could. Didn't want to touch. Traumatized. Traumatized. It was unbelievable. Uh, Side note, he was the only person in the party who did not suffer any digestive impacts. From the buffet. Smarter than he knew. He, yeah, we we joke about that now. Oh, you're the only one who didn't have the gray afterward? Okay, so yeah, that was my, that was my memorable buffet. Are you sad that the Royal Fork is gone? I I honestly, I wasn't, I wasn't here when it closed and I I shed a tear that day. Yeah. It was just so much chicken and weird hot dogs. Oh, it was great. Yeah. So what, what was on the menu at that buffet? Honestly, probably, I probably had something like potato salad. I learned that bubble tea was not a smoothie. Right. Uh, so that was a real gross discovery. Like, oh, this is now just a, cu- a cup of tapioca. OK, that's not right. It's not what I was thinking it was. But it was it was like fried. It was the fried foods and then some weird vegetables. Yeah. So many great memories of just all that congealed, greasy fried chicken at the Royal Fork Buffet. Mackling, what about you? Well, um, Saturday night I went to the A, my old stomping grounds where I had lots of fun back in the 90s. And I was thinking, about where can I go for a bite to eat quickly before you know, put a little base on it. Wasn't you know? I don't drink like I used to. I maybe had I had one or two beers. Uh, I saw so I was like really craving shakies from back in the day. The pizza, the chicken wings, all the other things that came with shakies. Shakies been gone for a long time. So that would be my buffet memory in terms of buffets that don't exist anymore. But I'm on the website for uh, what is. The best buffet I've ever been to. It is in Las Vegas. It's called the Wicked Spoon, mm. and it has absolutely everything. A cold bar, a brunch station, an Asian station, an international station, three pages of stuff. This thing is a quarter mile long. I'm I'm exaggerating, of course. Gigantic, but delicious. Is it in a hotel, or is it a standalone? Near the, near the Cosmopolitan. Cosmopolitan, yeah. I think oh. it might be in the Cosmo, yeah. I think uh, when we went five years ago for breakfast, I think it was 59 bucks <laughs> worth yeah. every penny. 
So here's the problem with the buffet, and it's not a problem, but I remember going to the one at the Fort Gary. used to do a great Sunday brunch. Oh, had that on our, the day after our wedding. And Amazing. And I remember being like 2000 or 2001, so you were making like no money, and you saved up for this thing because it was 35 or 40 bucks, I think, back yeah. then, so 20 years ago. And the problem with the, a good buffet is that like, where do you begin? And then you're tr- like, we have to stay here three hours for me to get my $40 worth or whatever, because yeah. if you start with the, like, the eggs and the bacon, then you're never getting to the roast beef. And if you do the roast beef first, you're not going to have the pasta. Like I, I get overwhelmed and then make poor choices. Like who's having salad at a buffet? Skip the salad. Like you shouldn't. Skip you the should salad. not. Sarah, salad or no at a buffet? I do like a salad. Like very small though. Yeah. That's you just, a small you don't want to waste your buffet. calorie. No. Like your hole in your stomach. No. But yeah, my go-to buffet back in the day, I have so many memories uh, just playing with sports teams and going to Pizza Hut. For the buffet. Oh, yeah, yes. Yes. of course. The place. Good one. The place. And I don't know. Do they still do it? I don't even no, know. I don't. No. no, they don't. We, we had a it pizza so hut good. right beside us in high school. So. It was very Jeff good. Is, Jeff's on the verge of tears. <laughs> was no, it just no, pizza? Like six different no, kinds of pizza? They had like dessert pizzas. I remember a peach dessert one. Pizza, it was right. very, very good. You could pay for the ice cream bar as well. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. They had an uh, ice cream bar? They, yeah, and some of them did. Didn't uh, the one that's now an Indian restaurant right downtown used to be that's buffet? Right. And I, I, mm-hmm. I don't know if the one on Pembina still, there's rumors that it does, but I haven't been. <laughs> like only at certain hours, it's like a rave. If you go there at three in the morning and oh, then you get a secret card, you can get in the Pizza Hut can buffet. The buffet chat rooms of Winnipeg. That's a rumor. <laughs> Forte, what about you? Yeah, I can't believe you said the cell thing because that's what my story is. Uh, when I was a kid, I remember it was mother. It was either Mother's Day or Father's Day, and we were at uh, Club Regents, and there's uh, the the restaurant that, like at the hotel there, and they had a buffet. And I remember like, when you're a kid, I go up to the salad bar, and I was like, "Look at all the dressing." <laughs> <laughs> And so basically, it wasn't salad I had. It was a few pieces of lettuce and then just dumping the salad dressing on there. It was like salad dressing soup. And my mom was just disgusted in me for doing that. What's the go-to dressing for, Jay? That's the thing. Like, I would keep going up. I would first, I'd have a little Thousand Islands, and I maybe some Caesar, some ranch. The ranch was delicious, but it was gross. Like, I can't believe I did that. Brandon. Still has Pizza Hut Buffet, says one listener. The Pembina oh. one's now a legion, so you can have a beer there and get some good stories. Oh, okay. Got to take a trip to We Brandon. have a road trip coming up, Sarah. Bonanza, <laughs> Ponderosa, where you at? <laughs> yeah, my mom used to get mad at my sister and I at Bonanza because we always tried to start with ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> we have like five bowls of Why ice cream. Why not? Yeah. And we're asking you for a chance to win yourself a four-pack of tickets for Saturday's Winnipeg Whiteout Street Party. Just simply tell us a story about a buffet because Las Vegas, where the Jets are playing, is home to countless wonderful buffets. And I understand, Mr. Mackling, that my summer excursion might be to Weyburn, Saskatchewan? (laughs) Yes, and and this ties into uh, Weyburn, Saskatchewan, home of... Golfer Graham Dillette, great Canadian golfer. That's right. So this comes from uh, West End boy Shane Mason. Thanks, Shane, for this. Uh, An article from NarCity.com. This is just back last August. KFC has an all-you-can-eat buffet in Canada, and there's only one in the whole country. Hmm. So in Weyburn, Saskatchewan, you can go for $14.50. 
what from 11 a.m. till 8 p.m. That's a deal. All you can eat KFC, mashed potatoes, fries. Yep, and apparently has quite a cult of following, including Jason Kenny, the former premier of Alberta, who <laughs> says a visit to Weyburn wouldn't be complete without visiting this buffet. And the aforementioned pro golfer Graham Dillette, who is originally from Weyburn, has also been known to bring it up the buffet in interviews. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Like, I think Fargo sign, has one too. There's a sign. I've never even heard of KFC doing buffets. It's the only one in Canada. So Fargo has one too. I just for fifteen bucks. What, what do you mean Fargo has one too? I seem to remember uh, Fargo having a KFC buffet. See, one of my kids was going on last weekend about this idea that you could get a free refill on your KFC, and we were all calling him on it. He goes, "No, oh, I, I heard it somewhere. Well, he must have stumbled upon this." article or something, some conversation that was in, once again, in those buffet chat rooms of Winnipeg. That's like what, that's like when movie theaters offer you free refills in your popcorn, but only on the large, like it, as if I'm going to get a refill on a large popcorn. Why wouldn't you get it and then go back and and bring it home with you? I guess you could. And I suppose the idea is that if, you know, you're sharing a large popcorn, then you can get a refill. But large popcorn for one person is already too much. I was already just the other day, like my kid went to the movie Came out. I said, "Did you finish your popcorn?" He went with some friends, and he said, "No." So and where, I, is, where it? is it? I was like, "Next time, this is a life lesson." When <laughs> I'm in the parking lot, <laughs> you come home with that popcorn anyway. <laughs> so two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight. Tell us a story about a buffet for a chance to win those whiteout party tickets. We're going to pick a winner at nine fifteen. In the meantime, we spent more than two and a half years with the three of us working from different locations. I was always in studio, save for like a week where I had COVID. And uh, Loren, you were at home for all of it, give or take a week here or there. Greg, you did a bit of both. You were kind of back and forth. So would either of you go back home? Uh, Yeah. And that's not because I don't enjoy being at work. I think the environment's better when I'm here. I like the physical getting up and going to work. But I miss, it's an hour of sleep that I am missing and I miss seeing my kids in the morning and I mostly just miss not having to spend the money on the gas, if I'm being quite frank. Cost right now is the number one reason why I would stay home. Got to press the right button. Don't have this button at home. Uh, (laughs) I would not. I would not. I much prefer being here. Uh, In particular, our physical location. I know some people complain about certain parts of having to come downtown the cost of parking aside uh, this is a wonderful environment to work we're we're up above the city it's an inspiring workspace our studio is second to none it's brand new and plus i get to be with the the two of you so no i wouldn't go back home i would do it if i had to but 150 percent i prefer to be here So working from home has become the new reality for many Canadians. But as we emerge from the pandemic, many companies are demanding a return to the office. And as Global's Travis Prasad reports, with a tight labour market, that move could be risky. Some Canadians continue to reap the benefits of working from home. Not have to worry about getting up two hours before work or, you know, I can kind of eat breakfast at my desk. I can kind of wear whatever I want. But now some companies are pushing for a return to in-person work, including RBC, which wants employees back in the office three or four days a week starting next month. 
A new study from the Angus Reid Institute suggests forcing employees back to the workplace full-time could be risky. It's about half of Canadian workers saying their relationship with their current employer would be pretty tenuous if they were called back in full-time, no exceptions. The nonprofit institute surveyed over 1,600 Canadians. For those working from home at least some of the time, 36% said they'd have no problem going back to work at the office full-time. However, over half said they would either return to the office but possibly start looking for a new job, or they would quit and look for a new job right away. Full-time I'd be against, but um, definitely part-time I'd be happy about it. Just like in, from like a company culture standpoint as well. Get to know your teammates better, all that stuff. One day um, at home will be really nice, so it, it makes your life so much easier. The findings come amid talks of an economic recession, which could lead to job cuts. But Canada's labour market remains tight, and Curl says workers know it. You're seeing that flex from workers from home who are saying at this stage they're not ready to capitulate and job security is not something that's keeping them up at night. Of the survey respondents working from home, 82% said their work-life balance was good or great. Compare that to 54% for those working from the office. More than 155,000 federal public servants could go on strike if a deal isn't reached with the government this week. One of the key sticking points is the option for remote work. Perhaps a sign that a once temporary measure could be here to stay. So I think it's the future, yes. Travis Prasad, Global News. It's definitely, there's no way this goes away in terms mm -hmm. of the hybrid model at the very least. People no. have proven it works. The technology has proven it works. And I'm not talking about my specific circumstance. There's so many jobs out there where there, you can work from all over the world and do your job from Toronto in San Francisco. There's no way that goes away. And are the bosses, are they certain that productivity rises with more people in the Oh, Office. you and I last week got stuck in, and it wasn't stuck, it was a great conversation, but it was 45 minutes of hockey talk in the hallway, and I, you know, that wasn't productive. It was productive for fun. Produced a lot of fun. Breakfast with the Bombers, brought to you by cooperators investing in your future together. Now, this morning, we wanted to wrap up the visit that the Winnipeg Blue Bombers made to Oxford House First Nation last week. Two Blue Bombers, Nick Damsky and Drew Walatarski, made the trip to connect with young people in the community. So this is the continuation of the football club's efforts to really connect with fans and grow the game of football in places outside of the city. So they travel all over the province, really throughout the year. And yesterday, Greg, you brought us a couple stories about the dreams of some young people you met along the way on your journey. Yeah, I was lucky enough to have breakfast, lunch, and dinner with the Bombers last Thursday. So today I want to share the perspective of Nick Dembski, Andrew Walatarski during and after our visit. You'll also hear the voice of Dan Marino. No, not that Dan Marino. Dan is community relations and game day coordinator for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. He was part of the trip as well, along with Savannah Ginter of the Blue Bombers. It was Dan's fourth visit to Northern Manitoba. So with a little help from Drew Walatarski's guitar and fine singing voice, let's make our last virtual visit 950 kilometers north of the city. Uh, 
I saw these guys playing basketball and, you know, I love sports. You know, sports brings people together. You know, it's not even just about staying active. It's about, you know, the social aspect of it as well. So, you know, when you kind of see kids, you know, standing around and seeing us playing basketball, you know, I try to encourage them to come on in and they already were getting ready to do a three-on-three game. So, you know, it's obviously something they enjoy to do. So we're not even supposed to start till after lunch. And, you know, the kids are already in here enjoying themselves and just, you know, playing sports. You know, they, I see a volleyball out here. I see a football out here. I see a, a, a basketball out here. So... Just the fact that, you know, we can get all these kids in here and, and just hanging out and doing something positive, I mean, it goes a long way. Eye-opening, uh, I know it's your second time up north, but uh, we thought the roads in Winnipeg were rough. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know how every shock on, on every truck out here isn't blown yet, but I mean, um, I guess it's a, it's, a, it's a humbling drive. My name is Drew Walatarski. My favorite part of being a football player is... Man, that moment when you catch that football, you see it coming at you, slow motion, make that play, it feels great. I got a question for you guys. What city are we from? Yeah, who's been there before? Raise your hand. It's interesting to see, man, and it definitely gave me a new perspective, and it definitely got me closer to a people that I really didn't know at all, you know? They thought the world of you today. What's it like to have kids surround you like Chase after like you. A, like, <laughs> like a rock star. <laughs> no, it was really cool. And I think, like, growing up, you live for those moments. And I lost a great sweatshirt today to a kid who beat me in a race. And it hurts, but it's fun. And it's, it's nice. And I'm glad that happened, bro, honestly. Make sure the lane's clear. There's not much money in there, so don't worry about it. All right, we're going to do this Olympic style. All right, so we're going to say on your marks, get set, go. All right? Runners, on your mark. Get set. Go! And Wally Tarski wins another one. Once you come up to northern Manitoba, you don't leave the same. You just realize that there's a lot of things that need to be developed in the community. People need to know. People need to understand. And I think these visits, uh, as small as they may be in the grand scheme of things, are going to make a big difference in some of these kids' lives. It, it just makes me quite uh, happy to be a part of the beginning of this. You see any songs, any writing coming out of this? I don't know. I don't know. I really don't. I have to get a good sleep and, and rest up. But I definitely want to read some literature, um, uh, you know, on the subject and on reservations. Like, I think it'd be really interesting to hear more about it from their perspective, from their writings. Like, uh, you know, I love to read, and I think that that's a great place to start and a great place to learn from. And, yeah, I don't know what'll come out. Maybe a story, maybe, maybe a song. We'll see. You, we were off the bus for what about uh, five minutes and then howie jr comes along he used to play hockey with but back in winnipeg tell us the story it's a small world man i mean i used to play hockey with with howie uh i used to play like you know beer league or rec league or however you want to say it and um yeah howie is part of that team and you know i i didn't even realize he was from oxford house uh, you know it's pretty cool just to come up here and you know us showing us our support and you know just meeting you know friendly faces along the way so it's uh it's just awesome that we can come out to so many different communities and spread this type of love and they spread it right back to us howard senior right away it's just like isn't it my favorite player yeah. nick Dembski. <laughs> then he gets on the phone and and i think you were taken aback you must know my son it's a Winnipeg, it's a Manitoba thing, isn't right, it? You yeah. just need, that's a one or two degrees of separation. That's all it is, man. I mean, you know, it, even, it's crazy because, you know, even Howie said that it was a 14 drive to Winnipeg. And I'm just like, you know, the fact that, 
he comes from Oxford House, and then I played hockey with him in Winnipeg, and then, you know, when I come out to Oxford House, he's out here literally two minutes away. I mean, it's just kind of mind-blowing, but at the same time, I mean, if that's not a Manitoba type of story, I don't know what is, so. It's good energy, man, like, when you can speak to those kids and, and kind of just be on their level for a sec, play with them and, and play games, like, you know, they're asking us questions about what it's like to be a football player, blah, blah, yada, yada. Like, you can't even really tell these kids what it's like, and you can't tell them what the journey was like. Just like you can't understand what their journey is like. And, and at the end of the day, like, they want to play, we want to play, and, and that's kind of what we came to do. And I think a lot of connection happens that way instead of talking about it, talking about it, talking about it, like just getting there, interacting, being with them. And it's hard because you leave like after seven hours and, and, you know, it is a short connection. It is a short moment. Um, and, you know, there was some discussion about what could be done to prolong that feeling to, you know, have leadership go beyond just the day. Right. So I, I think those discussions are important. Getting honesty on both sides is important. And uh, I just really valued all the, the conversations we had today with with the, the school and, and with the teachers and the staff like. You know, there are a lot of there are a lot of issues going on and it was just it was just good to, to hear them and, and be part of that conversation. And I feel much more educated um, and I know I have so much to, to learn about, but I, I really enjoyed seeing something that I had nothing that, that I knew nothing about. honestly. I couldn't agree with Drew more, you guys. The more we listen, the more we learn, the more we realize how much learning and listening there is left to do. I know it's sort of a circular statement, but uh, that's that's the way it came across for me, is that, you know, a little bit of knowledge is a da- dangerous thing, and the notion that you can figure out what's going on by one visit is, is uh, ridiculous. It, it just means that we need to have more conversations, learn more about one another. I like how we, they said there that they want to continue finding ways to connect outside that trip. You know, like the travel is so important to open your eyes and to see other things. And then what do you do with that information once you have it? Great stuff, Mackling. Thank you so much for sharing this experience. And I'm glad we're happy for you that you got to have this experience. And you can read more on this at cjob.com and see Marnie Blunt's report on that if you would like. What is your level of excitement for the Winnipeg Jets in the Stanley Cup playoffs? So far, we got 33% say, go Jets, go! 26% say, I hope our team does well. 28% say, I don't care. 11% say, they will lose. And so far, no votes for I'm cheering for someone else. So you can cast your vote at cjob.com or a slightly altered version of that on Twitter. Only four options on Twitter. I think I need to strike a deal in my house where I will support my youngest in his Leafs cheering if he supports ours in our Jets cheering. Mm, so is he pro-Leafs and also anti-Jets? Mm, when he wants to get real mean about it, yeah. Mm, see, oh. that's not cool. 
That's one thing. You don't cheer for the Jets. It's just that it's kind of a shtick now, right? Where we yeah. both do our thing and we we're and we're both stubborn, so we're sticking to it. Well, uh, as I say that, I am prematurely dancing on the grave of the Edmonton Oilers right. with their loss last <laughs> right. night. So I just yeah, feel like for the, because because these matchups come back to back tonight, right? Do they not? It's Leafs and Jets, more or less. Like in, yes. in theory. In theory. So I just can't. Although if they lose tonight, if the Leafs lose tonight, I will. I'll have to cheer. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to control that. You've got to rub it in in his face. This is your youngest, your stinking ten year old face. Yeah, in your face. <laughs> <laughs> so, so in the meantime, we're also asking you for a chance to win tickets for the Winnipeg Whiteout Street Party for this Saturday. A four pack of tickets to tell us about a buffet. Just a story about a buffet because Las Vegas has lots of buffets. What does Charles the Garlic Guy say? Best buffet story ever is from Hal Anderson describing the look on restaurant owner's face when he walked into an all-you-can-eat Chinese restaurant with two legendary bomber giants. <laughs> I don't remember which two. It might have been Walby and uh, Miles Gorell. Oh, boy. Uh, Hal, you can correct me. Shoot us a text. That owner knew he was not going to be making money on those three bohemoths. Wow. So there you go. They must feel the same way like when a sports team rolls in or, you know, just any teenager in their bottomless pit. Oh, gosh. A Valentine's Day would have been, uh, uh, what year would have been? 97 at our restaurant in Vernon. We had a hockey team, 15-year-old hockey team right. come in on our busiest night ever to that point and wanted to know if we could do a buffet for 60 kids. We had to go rent plates down the street from the <laughs> rental place because we were full with reservations and men in our bank. Banquet room had like 60, sure. 70 kids and their and their their, their families. I think it was two teams uh, just eating copious and endless amounts of pasta. It was it was hilarious how much food they ate. They just showed up and said, "Hey, can you take sixty of us?" They were kind enough to come a couple of hours early in the afternoon to find out. Okay, and because you know we were starving entrepreneurs, we we did whatever we, we needed to do. It. Oh, we got this. No problem. Oh, my word. What a night. <laughs> so 204-780-6868, tell us a story about a buffet, and we're going to pick a winner in our next segment. In the meantime, one of the things we discussed this morning, Loren, is the continued evolution of working from home. Angus Reed regularly does surveys, and they've three times since the start of the pandemic gone to employees and asked how they feel about working from home, what they'd like to go back to work, and where they sit with that. And, you know, in the beginning, it fluctuated a bit. People were ready to go back, you know, in the beginning, and then that dropped significantly last year. And now people are sort of in the middle. So the results showed that 36% said they'd go back to work, no problem. 31% said that would make them want to switch jobs if they were told they absolutely had to go back to work because that's happening in a lot of organizations now. They're saying, no, we want you back. We have this space. We have this office space. You're coming back to work. And 21% said they'd hand in their notice if they were told you have to come back or else. And so they'd say they'd, they'd just quit instead because they'd rather be at home. And so we're hearing from a lot of employees out there about their feelings about staying at home. Costs might factor in. But the other thing I was wondering, Greg, was about real estate, you know, like if you are a company that say has a 400 person office, 100 person office, even 50, you know, and then depending on where that is, that's a, you're paying a lot of money for that real estate to not have your, all your staff there. You might be thinking to yourself, I'm wasting my money, get, get back here. And so I was curious if you're, if you're a business owner, if you've downsized at all, because people are either not coming back from home or they're doing that hybrid thing, you know, a couple of days a week. 
they're in and out of the office, which means you still need the space, but you need all of that space. Yeah, it's going to be a tipping point for a lot of uh, business owners and operators. Typically, you sign like a 10-year lease for a space like this. This is not a short-term commitment that you make when you you lease, you know, 10, 20, 30,000 square feet in an office tower. And so a lot of those things are going to start happening. We had in the business news this morning, Brett, that Brookfield Developments, one of the larger developers and holders of commercial real estate in Canada, defaulted on a mortgage involving several buildings in Washington, D.C. So I think that's going to be a huge part of the discussion moving forward is what do businesses do with their with their office space. And of course, we've had the discussions about the idea of converting empty office space to residential. It's not easily done. It can't always be done, but it is happening in certain circumstances. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, working from home and that hybrid model, I think is super attractive to so many people because especially in cities larger than Winnipeg. I mean, Winnipeg, you do have a commute now. You didn't used to, but now it is. Now it's you know you're lucky if you're if you're traveling in the on hours and rush hour. If you're getting away with anything less than twenty five minutes right. each way, you're probably doing very very so well. It's an on hour that front. of your day, right? And it, it's sort of a, a donation. Yes, it's an investment in your job and all that sort. Of, but when you've had a, a, a taste of not doing it, good luck convis- convincing most people to give that back. I spent more time working from home in this job uh, uh, with you guys than I have been with you guys in studio. You know, I'm coming up on five years in radio and more of that was from home than it was in this office. And so you have had this two scenarios where you're trying to weigh which one worked for you better. And, And again, I think right now money is probably playing into it a lot, but time, the time that you are losing and just trying to drive to work. And we all made choices to live where we live. I get that. And I love seeing you guys every single day. But if I could have one more hour of sleep and like $400 back in my pocket for gas money a month, I'd take it. It is Mackling, McGarry and McNabb for a chance to win a four pack of tickets for the Winnipeg Whiteout Street Party on Saturday. We're asking you to tell us a story about a buffet and we have a buffet of buffet stories. Just too many to get through. Uh, We are doing our best to reply to as many as we can. And I'm starving. Yes. Like completely starving since 647 this morning. We did this to ourselves again. But it's fun to talk about buffets and because it certainly was something that I kind of missed during the pandemic. But Loren, Mike C with a, this, this is a neat buffet, but not exactly the kind of buffet that I'd want to be at. I was on an East Coast trip with my parents in the 90s. Somewhere in Nova Scotia, we went to a buffet restaurant with their claim to fame was the 60 foot salad bar they had a banner and everything it was hilarious we still talk about the 60 foot salad bar to this day was it only salad stuff because then uh, no thanks <laughs> like were there chicken wings and all that sort of stuff like, i could be into this there's lots of good different salad dishes that you never ever try because you're zoning in on the eh, french fries and stuff eh. I don't know about that. Went to Ponderosa in 1998 in Missouri. 
And Ponderosa <laughs> and Bonanza were really big deals here, yeah. you know, for a long, long time. But then um, discovered this Ponderosa outside of St. Louis, and they had the chicken wings. They had the uh, potato skins and all these, you know, incredible hot hors d'oeuvres yeah. included that they didn't have when we were kids. You know, the two ninety nine steak and, and salad bar, all you could eat and fresh tastics. Wasn't that Bonanza? The oh, yeah. Fresh tastics food yep. bar. Ice cream galore. Mm. Yum. Our winner is Kevin. We had a lot of stories come in on Uncle Willie's. <laughs> yes. And Kevin's winning story here says, once went to the all-you-can-eat buffet, Uncle Willie's, near Southdale. I went with a bunch of friends. We were all really big eaters, or most of them were really big eaters. I thought this should be interesting because I'm not a big eater, and I just kind of find it funny how much these guys can actually eat. So a buffet would be a fun night out. It was not. We were there for two and a half hours. No. The owner had to come kick us out. One of the guys grabbed the entire hot tray of fried chicken and just sat at our table and ate the entire thing. It was so embarrassing. We ate so much ice cream, we broke the ice cream machine. Oh my. Needless to say, we were never allowed back in there again. But the worst part was... I went a couple of months later with my parents and my picture, <gasps> along with my large eating friends, was at the front door. <laughs> like a wanted poster. Yeah, with a caption, do not let in. Oh, no. So I didn't want to tell my parents, so I just hid my face the entire dinner so they didn't notice me in there. And that was the last time I went to Uncle Willie's, oh, and then boy. it soon closed. See, they closed Uncle Willie's. It's Kevin and his friends' fault. <laughs> Come on, they, they ruined the it. entire They ruined chicken. it for everything. That's obnoxious. That's terrible. They ruined it for all of us. <laughs> like, it's, they might as well have just pulled their chairs up to the buffet. It's like Homer Simpson says, all you can eat. I thought all you can eat meant all I can eat. Tis not a man. Oh, Tis right. a remorseless eating machine. Right. <laughs> Got kicked out of Bonanza once for taking the uh, the the breading off the shrimp with the steak and all the shrimp you could eat. The yeah. manager says you, you you can't do that. Why? Why, why not? It's on your plate. Well, because you're you're going to end up eating more shrimp than than we imagine. That's oh. sort of the purpose. That's sort of why we're here, dude. <laughs> uh, so anyway, congratulations, Kevin. Enjoy the whiteout party. It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Of course, we are all getting excited about the hockey game. Question of the day at cjob.com for Mr. Furnace. Don't call them first. You'll see why. Call Mr. Furnace, 204-832-6243. What's your level of excitement for the Winnipeg Jets in the Stanley Cup playoffs? Cast your vote at cjob.com or on Twitter at 680-CJOB. And tonight... The Vegas Golden Knights host the Winnipeg Jets in game one of their first round series in the North American Ice Hockey League Championships. Yes, I know. It's the Stanley Cup playoffs. I just like to say it because I'm a dork. It's not Go Jets Go. It sounds like Go Jets Go. It's Go Knights Go. Oh. This is from the opening of the Jets Knights Western Conference Final in 2018. That's a fake Winnipeg Jet 
gearing up to take off at this this swarded night. And of course the impossible happens and the knight cuts the jet in half. That is one it takes special a, sword. That is a special sword. It's a special experience to be inside T-Mobile Arena to see the Vegas Golden Knights, a place they said the NHL would never work. Well, some people said that. Golden Knight superfan, super CC Ventura joins us now from Las Vegas. CC, good morning, my friend. Good morning. It's been so long. How are you? Very well. It's been five years uh, since that series that saw the Jets and Golden Knights matched up in the Western Conference Final. We all know who won in five games, and the and the Knights would go to the Stanley Cup Final in their first season. What made you get involved? What what made you decide that you were going all in on the Vegas Golden Knights once upon a time? Well, I have been a hockey fan since I was 10, as I told you before. Um, I was a Pittsburgh Penguins fan. And then when the inaugural draft happened, we drafted Marc-Andre Fleury. So, um, and it's my hometown. I love Vegas first before I love everything else. So I was thrilled to kind of have my love for hockey and my love for my hometown, like all in one spot. There's so many things to do to ve- in Vegas, and there's so much choice entertainment-wise. On a day like today, with your team in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs, are, do you see Golden Knight fans on the street? Are there people wearing jerseys? Is there that pride that you'd, that you'd witness uh, that you might with other sports? Just because I would imagine it's a hard time standing out with all the, the lights and pomp and circumstance, so to speak. Oh, everybody. Uh, the Statue of Liberty outside New York. New York will probably have a Knight's jersey on. Uh, all the casino dealers, all the marquees, it's all going to be changed to Vegas Golden Knights. That's today. neat. And I'm, I'm just curious, yeah. is given that Las Vegas is such a, a tourist destination and people might say, well, hey, we want to go to Vegas, let's take in a hockey game while we're there because our team is playing. So uh, on any given night, are there uh, like a lot of people cheering for the visiting team? Not really. Like uh, the town really embraced the team when they came. So it's going to be very hard to get a ticket from a season ticket holder because pretty much every seat in there are season ticket holders. I mean, we, the fervor is still strong six years later. It's unreal. Well, CC, you know, we have a little bit of a rivalry here and and some of your season ticket holder friends are uh, (laughs) apparently prepared to miss out on the game tonight because there are lots of tickets on the resale side of Ticketmaster. And Hey, uh, if you can make a few bucks, no big deal in my mind. But did Vegas welcomed the National Hockey League in 2018, has since welcomed the National Football League. Uh, the Raiders play in a gorgeous stadium, not far, just across the freeway, really, from where the Golden Knights play. There are There's talk that the Oakland A's of Major League Baseball may find their way to Las Vegas. What an incredible flip of the script in the last seven, eight, nine years. Oh, it's been amazing. And you know what? To your point of being tickets um, on the resale market, if it's going to be on the resale market, I'm so happy it's going to be Winnipeg fans because I love you guys. You guys were so great to me when I went out there. So I hope that you guys do come out and I'm going to come hang out with you guys.
Okay, so let's put aside this talk of other major league sports. Let's talk more about that. Your visit in 2018, I know, was was pretty special because here we are. We're, we're still texting uh, each other five years later. Talk about yes. how, you know, it was a, a difficult loss for Jets fans. Uh, the Golden Knights, most popular player at the time, you could argue, is a former Winnipegger, Ryan Reeves. He doesn't play for the Knights any longer. But there was a... a camaraderie or it wasn't what's the word I'm looking for there wasn't that disdain amongst the 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 Knights fans and Jets fans that you might expect or see in other venues no not at all I mean it was Mother's Day when I came out and my seatmates that were beside my daughter and I took me to the zoo the next day so and this was after you guys had lost to the night so there's definitely no ill will and um I, the, the Jets are my second favorite team because of it. Okay. And uh, that also goes to say for Vegas, uh, Nate Schmidt, um, who plays for your team currently, is still beloved in the city. So I think, um, I, I hope for Vegas and the incoming sports, like you said, we are as gracious fans as you guys were uh, when I went out there. So I'm curious, where are you going to go tonight to drown your sorrows after you lose? <laughs> I mean, we just went through this all nicey, nice stuff. Now I'm just going to pull out my claws, so to speak. (laughs) No, I I think, I think it's going to be a really, really good matchup. Um, We, you guys are excellent at the penalty kill. We're excellent at blocking. So we get our captain back. It's Eichel's first playoff run. So I think the emotions are going to be very, very high. Our guest is Golden Knights superfan Cece Ventura joining us live from Las Vegas. Are you coming here for games three and four? You know what? I am working on game four. I mean, it takes three flights to get there, so it's very, very far. But my daughter is on board. I'm on board. So I'm working on game four. Surely we have a direct option. We used to. No? Or has no, it always been anymore. through Calgary? Even before COVID, you guys didn't. That might be true. Oh, I might, I might I'm be making check, this up. I'm going to check WestJet for you. CC, I think there oh, there just might be. So uh, let me uh, play travel agent on one side and then on the other side. What is it with you and all the Manitobans? I know that uh, Kelly McCrimmon, uh, the general manager of the Golden Knights, loved his Manitobans. And there are, you know, I, was, I think it's five or six Manitobans still, even with Ryan Reeves leaving and, and Cody Glass moving on to Nashville. I think there's still four or yeah. five uh, Manitobans in that in that Vegas lineup. Yeah, no, we, I mean, you guys put out good talent, so we'll take them. Wow. We'll take them and we'll hopefully beat you. <laughs> no no wonder. That's no right, wonder everybody was so too, nice right? to CC. Yeah, Zach yep. White Cloud. Uh, I'd have to look at the roster right now. Mark Stone, the aforementioned captain, those are the two that jumped to mind immediately. It's no wonder, though, you had no problem with the fans. You're so sweet. You're so kind. You're so, you know, you're obviously very knowledgeable about the game. And, and I think we, I think we respect that more than anything is the, is the love and the affection for the game. So I'm going to see if I can find you a a flight when you want to come Sunday. Game four. Yeah. Monday night. When do you want to get here? What, What if we got you here Saturday, like in time for the game Saturday afternoon, or do you have to work or something silly like that? I mean, it's possible. I it's I, I don't miss hockey from anything, so right. I'll make it work. We'll see what we can do behind the scenes here. <laughs> 
You guys have to make it out here also, so I can host you in my city. I, I have been trying to sell this trip for about five years now, ever since we went there the first time in 2018. So we'll see. We'll I see where you. this goes. I got you. <laughs> Las Vegas, know. Golden Knights. Everything. <laughs> Super fan CC Ventura joining us live from Las Vegas. CC, thank you very much for joining us. We appreciate the time. Thanks, guys. Good luck tonight. 9.45 with Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Looking up some packages now just for fun. You know? Yeah. Where can we... Where was the best buffet again? Oh, hang on a second. Cece, are you still there? Yeah. Hey, we were talking this morning because Las Vegas is known for its buffets. We were just asking people to tell us stories about buffets. Uh, do, you, it, do you, A, like buffets, and B, if you do, do you have a recommendation for visitors to your city? So they're long gone since COVID. All of them? long gone. Most of them, yeah. Oh, well, what the heck? I know. (laughs) Uh, The Cosmopolitan still has it. It's still pretty good. Um, But the rest are kind of went down. That makes sense. That makes makes me sad, but it makes sense. I'm definitely not coming now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, you have to. (laughs) Okay, well, the Cosmo one, I think, Greg, is the one you might have mentioned earlier. So, all right, uh, we got some confirmation on that at least. Cece, thank you very much for joining us, even though you just kind of blew up her whole morning. (laughs) I I had no idea the buffets were gone. (laughs) (laughs) Makes total sense. All right, thanks a lot, Cece. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Ah, sad. We were talking buffets, so it was, in fact, Anderson, Gorell, and Waldy yes. that helped put Uncle yep. Willie's out of business once upon a <laughs> well, time that's, now. Yeah, that, that's the story we tell. You know what it was? It was uh, We did a radio promo at my old pal on radio, BJ Burke, so it was BJ and Hal, and we called it Three Men and a Baby, and we dressed up BJ like a baby, and then it was me, Gorell, and Walby, right? These huge monsters. And then after we took the photos and, and did a bunch of stuff for the promo, we said, well, let's go eat. We went to Uncle Willie's, and it was soon after that that Uncle Willie's went into business. So the story we tell, Gorell, me, and Walby, <laughs> and BJ, is that we we put the uh, the Uncle Willie's uh, restaurants out of business. Did you have a go to dish at Uncle Willie's that you liked? Boy, all of it. I was everything. I love buffets. From back when I was a kid, we used to go to Bonanza in Lethbridge. That was a big deal. I, I just I I love buffets, and I'm kind of surprised to hear your guests say that they don't exist anymore in Vegas because I have been reading that buffets are back, but what they're doing now is they've got a sanitation station at the beginning of the line, so everybody gets, you know, all hand sanitizer and all that stuff, and then they're limiting the number of people in the lineup to like six or eight people. So that's what I'm hearing about buffets, but I'm surprised Vegas is is out of that well, business altogether. One, a couple of our listeners have weighed in to say they've been there and that there's still lots of them in the, in the major okay. hotels, so it might be more of those offshoots, you know, the, the ones that were... Yeah. The ones that maybe could have done a bit more sanitizing to begin with. Yeah, right, right. And then my favorite variation on the buffet is dim sum. I haven't been for a long time, but where they come right to the table with the food, that's even better.